0: Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. Okay. He is here, and we are ready to go, Mike. we got a lot of stuff to go over this week. Obviously, AEW Revolution. We are going to review that show, uh, the pros and cons, the studs and duds. That mm-hmm. show, huh? You like that wordplay? Mm-hmm. If people don't know what the hell I'm talking about, they'll get it at the end. Um, we're obviously going to be talking about some of the Lions transactions as we prepare for NFL Free Agency. That is going to be starting up this week. Tampering period for NFL Free Agency starts on Monday. So when you guys are hearing this, the tampering period has already started. And then St. Patrick's Day, I believe, is when Free Agency opens and the floodgates are going to go galore. So... Um, we're gonna be talking about that as NFL frequency as a whole this week as well We're gonna be doing our first mock draft as well Just for the first round tell you who people kind of have currently mocked to the Detroit Lions and some possible uh, Scenarios me and Mike are gonna play out for you in anticipation for this upcoming draft This is one I think one of the more exciting years if you're a Lions fan just do the possibilities um, And we may also touch on WWE Fastlane just real quick here just to talk about the build to that awesome Spectacular show that we're gonna see right Mike?
1: I'm very excited.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, but let's just jump right in here. Uh, Let's just start talking about with AEW Revolution here. Um, You know. we usually get pretty excited about the AEW shows just because we don't get them every single month, right? It's mm-hmm. not a, a total beatdown of pay-per-views like W. I I feel like we just talked about Elimination Chamber. Oh, wait, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's one of those things where we get excited when they do have a new show. It was a year ago, me and Mike were actually at the last year's AEW Revolution show, which was a great time in Chicago. Um, you know, this year I thought it delivered. Uh, you know, give me an overall grade, Mike, for you as far as Revolution. Like, what, what I mean you know i think there was some there was a lot of hits i think there was a couple misses you know mm-hmm. especially the post match angle which we'll talk about here a little bit later on but um you know give me your thoughts on, on the show as a whole and give me a grade yeah.
1: um i'd give the grade a b minus okay. um i liked just about every that's an a plus in most people's world yeah it, yeah it is an a plus in <laughs> most people's world um i liked just about every single match on here outside yeah. of probably a Maybe only one or two. Yeah. Um, uh, depending on how mm-hmm. I feel on the day. Um <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was a rather really good show. Yeah. Um I don't know if it was necessarily that much better than um full gear, yeah. Uh that we just had mm-hmm. or maybe the one or it was definitely better than all out, so Yeah, All Out um, was not good this year. But yeah, I, I thought it was really, really well done. Um I think honestly it was almost I think because we were there, yeah. it was better. But mm-hmm. I think it was almost as good as yeah. last year's Revolution. I would agree with that 100. Um, yeah. Outside of like the tag match being like spectacular last year, I think yeah. I mean, like on average, mm-hmm. if you average out the both shows, yep. I think this one probably averages just as close mm-hmm. to last year's Revolution. Maybe not as
0: many highs as last year, but definitely a more consistent card. I think yeah. throughout. Well, because we I think like days.
1: last year you had like super high high, but then you had a couple like really big lows. Yep. This one I feel like was just always like. An average yep. or yep. A good show, yep. so
0: um, a little more consistent throughout. Yeah, Revolution's
1: sure. always, I guess, is now going to turn into like the must-see show every single year because yeah, it's always the best show. Yeah. I
0: I know this. I think Full Gear has just been hit or miss. All Out's definitely been hit or miss, and Double Nothing is I think okay. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's generally uh, been good, but yeah, like right, All Out needs to be the one that they like. All Put forth the effort, the yeah, it. and it's so far it's kind of not been, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, let's just go through here match by match here, Mike, and let's see what's, uh, um, you know what you know what we thought about each match here. So what what okay. opened up here? All right, so the opening match was uh, for the AEW
1: World Tag Team. So you had the Young Bucks defeating the Inner Circle in 17 minutes and 49 seconds. Was given four and a quarter star uh, rating. Um, I would agree mostly with that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this was probably, it's going to be weird to say, this was probably their worst tag team match. Yep. In a year pay- since yeah. last year's revolution, yep. but like if you're saying this is the worst one, yeah, then like you're then you're really saying something because yep. this one was really really good. But like when you compare it to like the six star match that we had last year mm-hmm. or the FTR match at the last pay per view, it's like it doesn't live up to there. But it's a really really solid match. Yeah, no, was. I
0: agree with you. And, and this kind of shocked me as well. Um, you know the fact that it opened up the show. I was a little taken aback by that. I definitely thought this was going to be maybe semi main event. You know maybe right before. Uh, the um the cinematic match just because I know semi main was gonna be that just because they had to need the time to set up for the barbed wire match, yeah. so it makes sense. Um, well, they started off the show super duper hot. You know, I I like matches that are a bit of a pickem. You know, I yeah. think you actually had the Bucks winning. I think I took Jericho and MJF mm. just for the possibilities. Um, but I thought this match was really really good. I thought they I both I thought both teams delivered. Um, you know. I don't, you know, knowing where we were going here in AEW uh-huh. with the MJF turn and all that good stuff. Um, it was really good to see how they set that up. All right, Jericho takes the loss. All right, we need to get back. We need to refocus. And MJF, yeah, we do. And then, uh-huh. like, you immediately get that payoff the following week on Dynamite. Everything really long-term booking-wise really really stood out to me there. And those match really delivered. Great tag, Matt. And, yeah. you know, AEW, as we're going to see here a little bit later on, their tag division is super stacked.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of a really stacked tag division, because the very next match we had the casino <laughs> tag team battle royale, where the Death Triangle, Pac, and Ray Phoenix yep. beat a whole bunch of tag teams. Yeah, we don't really need to listen. We don't them need all. to listen. But the <laughs> final four was John Silver, Jungle
0: Boy, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. Right. Um, so in this match, too, both members of the team had to be thrown over the top rope in order for them to be yes. eliminated. So Jungle Boy was still in it for uh, Jurassic Express. John Silver was still in there for the Dark Order. Yeah. Or, Silver and Reynolds, I guess. Yeah, one tag team Dr. with the Dark right. Order. They had six of them, so
1: yeah. And then Ray Phoenix and Pac were the final four. Yeah. Ray Phoenix eliminated John Silver, so they had Jungle Boy versus Death, the Death Triangle as the whole tag team. Yep. Jungle Boy then eliminated Pac, and then this was the best part of the match. Mm-hmm. They had like a nice little like five yep. minute like one on one, and this part. Was la Shawn Michaels Undertaker. Yeah, level. it was like just yeah. a phenomenal one on one alone mm-hmm. contest, and then Ray Phoenix threw Jungle Boy over in about twenty six minutes. Um, to win for the team, uh, it was given four stars, and I really, really liked this match. Yeah. I thought like most of it was like a generic battle royal. Yeah. you had like one angle with QT Marshall and yeah Dustin Dustin yeah. Rhodes. That was really, really good. That mm-hmm. was like, wait, what's going on? Because yeah. I watched Dynamite everybody so I was like, oh, what? So like they're starting to kind of fade away a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was
0: like the big thing. because well, QT eliminated two people from the Nightmare family. Yeah. and he was like, why are you doing that? Yeah, and and eliminated he eliminated the gun, eliminated the Gun Club, yeah. right? Billy yeah. Gun's kids, and he was like, why are you doing that for? He goes, I'm trying to win. Yeah. He goes, you know what? Screw this. And they laugh, yeah, basically. and spit yeah. on him or whatever.
1: <clears throat> so I thought it was really, really good. And the last, like, 10, 5, 10 minutes was, like, phenomenal stuff. So yeah. um, I really like this match. And Yeah, for yeah. Battle Royal,
0: it, it, it delivered, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, considering. But it just goes to show you the depth of the tag division. I, I like the fact that Death Triangle got the win here. Um, I kind of had a feeling, it was like, oh, man, Jungle Boy 2-on-1. Maybe this is the moment. But I really think they're waiting until they get full crowds before they really pull the trigger on Jurassic yeah. Express. Mm-hmm. Um, but thought this was really good i think Pac and uh ray phoenix against the bucks could i mean could literally blow our minds with how good that could be Um mm-hmm. uh, i am on record for saying that i love ray phoenix a lot like a lot a lot and if you don't know who i'm talking about you really need to go and watch anything the guy did. they're matt, matt jackson him mm-hmm. on dynamite this week tore it down mm-hmm. you know what i mean and you're like matt jackson hasn't wrestled a singles match in like three years or something crazy it's it was nuts mm-hmm. um was a really, really good, really good finish. Liked the fact, and I think that you know, I think there should be some general consideration to Death Triangle actually getting the win and the titles, um, because of the the amount of depth that they have in the tag division. Do you think that the Bucks holding the titles is a bit of a logjam almost because they are so good that there's only like as much depth as they have? Mm-hmm. I honestly think there's only a few teams though that you can go, oh, they beat the Bucks. And it's and it's a little bit more like oh damn they beat the Bucks I was like good rather than oh they're doing one of these things where like the private party pulls off a huge upset kind of yeah. you know what I mean like I don't want that to be the case yeah. I'd rather it be an established tag team you just go wow they just beat them you know what yeah. I mean like that was a great match like FGR loses the Bucks it's like okay they're even playing field so mm-hmm. it's a pick 'em that's kind of where I want yeah, the th- Bucks to drop it
1: Yeah, I think it's tough because I'm like oh, on one hand you go yeah. uh. The Young Bucks are just such a great team that, yeah. like, they can literally have, like, five... It's hard to take it just off just them, because yeah. you're like, oh, they're just going to kill it with that. Yeah, anybody. they're just going to have a phenomenal match with anybody, so it's yeah. hard, but at the same time, I do kind of agree to that fact where I think if, like, Private Party was holding the titles, right. I feel like every single match you go into, you're like... There could be a title change. Yeah, team. there could be a title change, but this one, it's yeah. like, there's got to be that certain yeah. like FTR-style tag team that's mm-hmm. going to take it off right. of them. I think
0: and Death I, Triangle's there... Um, I actually think the Dark Order is there, and Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. I know yeah. maybe a lot of people don't agree with me, but they are in a very established tag team uh, over the years. Um, so if you know who they were before they got to AEW, then yeah. I think you would tend to agree there as well. Um, I think Jurassic Express is getting there, but I don't think they're there yet. Mm. I think they're that team that could definitely beat a Death Triangle, though, but I don't think they could beat, you know what I mean, the yeah. Bucks in a two-on-two kind of contest. So, um so I'm really hoping to see. I think that match gonna. I think that match will need 30 minutes though, mm-hmm. for sure, just to let them go. To let go. Balls to the walls. Yeah, it'll be very, very exciting. Right.
1: So then after that, we kind of get away from the tag division a little bit. So we yep. have uh, the women's world title match. So we had Hikaru Shida, David Ryo, Mizunami in 15 minutes and six seconds. Match was given three and a half stars. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Um, yeah, I like Hikaru Shida a lot. I think. Um, they're having trouble finding someone to beat her though, so they did this big yep. tournament. Be like, all right, we're gonna build someone up, and then they didn't even beat them. So I don't know if it's <laughs> gonna be Carroccia. Yeah, um, but it was a solid match overall.
0: Yeah, I think Britt Baker's that person, and I thought this was—I thought this tournament was going to lend credibility to Britt getting that win. Um, unfortunately, not. I'm hearing though, because they already shot Wednesday's Dynamite, mm-hmm. that apparently Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker tear it down in the main event so Sorry. i'm very excited for that so if you're an AEW fan be sure to tune in on wednesday but um yeah thought this was fine mm-hmm. i'm kind of at the point now where it's like okay cool she does pretty good we got it like i'm yeah. waiting for that it's hard to i think a little bit her title reign's a little bit hindered because she doesn't speak very good english mm-hmm. so i think it's hard to be like her to deliver that really good promo to get me yeah. super invested in the match mm-hmm. right so I still think Britt Baker is the person that's going to wind up beating her for it. Yeah. Um, maybe that's sooner rather than later. I don't know, but I definitely think she's the one that they need to build the division around.
1: Oh, 100%. Um, so then we have t- grudge match time. We had Kilseby and Amiro uh, defeating <clears throat> Taylor and Orange Cassidy in seven and a half minutes. Match is given two and three quarter stars. This is a match I was least looking forward to. Yep. But unlike what, like, mostly what WWE would do with this kind of match, though, mm-hmm. they were like, here's, like... Seven minutes, yeah, just trying to get out kind of quickly, yeah, because we know not a lot of people are very invested in this. Wasn't invested, and it very wasn't well.
0: invested, didn't really enjoy the match, quite frankly. Um, but the know, problem with
1: like WWE is they give this match like 18 minutes, yeah. and everyone's just like, all right, can we yeah, find that's get the over problem with,
0: with WrestleMania that we're mm-hmm. gonna talk yeah. about probably the next couple weeks here. It's like, okay, like what are they really gonna do with some of these matches? However, um, like I said. Didn't really care. I'm actually more intrigued to see what they're going to do coming up with this weird arcade match that they're going to do. I don't know if you heard about that, where they're going to do this. You know, that makes me Mm -hmm. more intrigued. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. They have completely dropped the ball with Rusev or Miro, whatever the hell you want to call him. Um, I don't get the pairing with him and Kip Sabian at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um But I I think they've really dropped the ball there. And you're getting to the point now where it's like, was WWE misusing him, or is that just what he is? You're kind of getting to that kind of level. Because nothing against Orange Cassidy or Chuck Taylor or Trent or whoever, right? Like, I like them as a tag team. They're great. Um, But they just all kind of feel like they're floating. Mm -hmm. And this is like the one thing where people come on and they go, I don't really care. You know what I mean? So this was definitely a low point of the show for me, which is why... Match placement-wise, I really like what they did here from a stacking the card perspective. Mm-hmm. But they did a really nice job of going, all right, let's smush some of the stuff that maybe not as hot in between yeah. the stuff that's really going to get a reaction.
1: Oh, 100%. Uh, so then we had Big Money Match. That's another one. Yeah. Uh, Adam Page beating Matt Hardy in 15 minutes. Got three and a half stars. They really just... Put these two right in the middle. They were just like, all right, you know
0: what? Go up, go to the bathroom, go get dinner, come back. Here's
1: 30 minutes. We don't, like, not a lot's going to happen here. Yeah. And I guess, like, the one thing that did happen was Adam Page kind of joined the Dark Order in this And I hope he does. I hope legitimately
0: he does join. I think that's a great addition for both the group and for him to give him a little bit more of that. Give him some oomph. Give him some power. And then at any point in time, if you ever wanted to flip Page in Mm -hmm. a year from now, you could... And it makes total sense, yeah. right? Lens credibility. They needed a new leader after the unfortunate passing of Brody Lee. So this definitely all kind of works out in their favor. Yeah. Uh, but the yeah. match was fine. Matt Hardy is is rough to watch now in the ring, unfortunately. Yeah. It's not great. I think mean, Jeff is way better. Not better. even for the high-flying. Just like the individual stuff. I think mm-hmm. at times it's like it looks like he's gassed out there. But um, thought it was fine. I don't like these stipulations, though. Big money, man. Oh, he gets my first quarter earnings there's no real payoff to mm-hmm. that because it's like it's not like you can see that it's yeah. not a tangible thing so yeah. it's just purely storyline which is i think sometimes takes you out of it a little mm-hmm. bit so yeah. it was fine yeah right. it, it, it was man it
1: was a good match but yeah
0: uh so then we hit our, our
1: trifecta main event here so yeah. these three matches are all pretty big matches uh, so our first one we had AEW TNT number one contendership chi- contendership face of the revolution ladder match face
0: of the revolution grabbing the proverbial gold ring yes. literally yeah you
1: had Max Caster Pentagon Lance Archer Cody Rhodes um, the debuting Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky and Scorpio Sky beat all of those guys I just named <laughs> for the title <laughs> in about 23 minutes uh, the match is given three and three quarters stars. Um, I thought Scorpio Sky was going to win this. Literally, yep. as he was walking out, I was yep. like, "So he's the guy who's going to win." Because yep. none of these other guys are going to win it, unless the Ethan Page debut was like someone else bigger and it was right. like a little bigger or something yep. maybe. But that yeah. happened. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good match. Maybe went a little long for what they had, but mm-hmm. I thought it was a fine match.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it went long uh, for sure. I, I this was the most. Ma- this is the match I think I was most disappointed in. Um, and I don't really know why, I just never felt like, maybe it was because I just kind of had a feel, like, I don't even, I didn't pick Scripture, I picked Lance Archer, but just because I was like, why not, let's just go with somebody else. Um, but you definitely got the feeling that, like, okay, nobody else has really got a chance here in this match. Um, I thought for maybe a second, like, oh, maybe they go Penta or something, you know, throw me, throw me a little razzle-dazzle, but Mm -hmm. not so much. Um... So I just... I don't know. This match just kind of fell flat for me for whatever reason. I think it's hard to reinvent the wheel with a lot of matches. I, that's why I think I enjoyed that triple threat with Sami Zayn, and Jeff, and AJ as much. Mm-hmm. Because Sammy didn't do a whole bunch of high-flying stuff. He, like, he used his brain and it stuck well with his character. Mm-hmm. That's how he won the match. It wasn't just because he... Push people off a ladder to get the win. Yeah. Um, so I think that was part of it. I didn't like the the Cody injury thingy. Even mm-hmm. if he's a, if he's actually hurt, then just sit him. Yeah. If he is not, then I don't get it. Um, so I, I don't mind where they spun it off to, but also this match kind of gets a little bit like meh when you go to Wednesday. He doesn't win the title. Mm-hmm. I know he turns heel, but it's like okay. So I, I, this is a this was I think the big miss of the night for me personally mm-hmm. um, from a match standpoint. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think it was probably mine I think also. it was I think it was fine, but yeah. like from my expectations going in I go that didn't I didn't didn't feel like I got enough out of that yeah. for Like
1: I, I said like probably like a month or two ago on yeah. here I was like any match that doesn't end in a pinfall is a lot started, harder. I mean, bigger, yeah, really. yeah, yeah. it started to really just grow on how much I don't like them. Um <laughs> yeah. Because like there's just no like like grabbing like like It's just very match. anticlimactic yeah. usually,
0: especially if there's not a title on the line. Yeah. You're like all right, so he doesn't even the champion; he just gets a shot at the title. Yeah. So there's a good chance he doesn't even win. And in this case, right, Scorpio just loses, and you're like, and also the fact that Darby's coming off of the cinematic match, which we're going to talk about here in a second. You go, all right, yeah. so now it's like, jeez, yeah. okay. <laughs> exactly.
1: That's what I'm saying. So yeah, it was it was fine. Yeah, uh, Scorpio was great, but lost.
0: I like lost the fact they're pushing the Scorpio. Sky, no problem with that. I just thought mm-hmm. that, that should have been a little bit more impactful.
1: So our co-main event was a cinematic tag team street fight. We had Darby Allin and Sting defeating Team Taz, which involves Brian Cage and Ricky Starks Mm -hmm. in 14 minutes. Um, Does not get a grade because it's cinematic-wise, so uh, it doesn't get a star rating. Um, I thought this match was awesome. Um... In rankings of like cinematic matches, I think it's near the top. Yeah. Probably not the very top, because obviously you have the Boneyard match. Yeah, Tiger um, and
0: AJ, that's the bar. Well, plus, yeah. it was the first one, It was the first one, so it was like... Well, the first after. like good one, I guess. Because yeah. they did like... Did they do the money to make stuff after that? Was that after that? That was after, yeah. oh, okay. Never mind
1: that. But, um, but, yeah, it was... Um, I thought it was really, really good. It's probably top three favorite cinematic matches that they've done since WrestleMania, when yep. they started doing cinematic matches way more often. Yeah. Um, yeah, really solid. Yeah, I thought it was good. And it works it was... to everyone's strength. So. No, I did, for Fair. sure. It
0: made, Sting, it made Sting look good. Darby gets a big bump at the end, right? You know who I really, though, I think the big winner out of all this is Ricky Starks. I don't know why, but he kept popping off the screen for me. I I knew him. I knew ahead of him already. Like, I knew, you know, former NWA television champion and stuff. So, uh, I really enjoy Ricky Starks. I think mm-hmm. he's fantastic. So, um, you know, him having the interaction with Sting, just his ability to sell and make Sting look like a gajillion dollars I thought was really really well done um, this match I thought this match Really did deliver I really did Like I said The whole goal Was to make Stang Look like a viable Competitor again And I think they did that And yeah. I think they did A really nice job with that You never thought In a million years Team Taz was going to win This match Obviously Right The big bump at the end Was cool Yes. You know I liked how at one point They threw the bat Up into there And then it came back And Darby goes up there And throws the bat Back to Like mm-hmm. all that Like all kind of Coming full circle Was really 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 well done So mm-hmm. Yeah Props to them. Yeah. Which God. is very good. Yeah, this I is very was good. It had a different feel than WWE cinematic matches as well. It felt like a movie mm-hmm. fight rather than a like a regular camera just following it around. Yeah. So definitely, I liked the filter and everything. It was really, really well done.
1: Yep. And then we head into our main event match. Uh, the AEW World title exploded bombardment. how many stars
0: this match, I it, match I actually got.
1: So we had Kenny Omega defeating Jon Moxley in 25 minutes, 11 seconds. We received four and a half stars okay. for this match. Okay. And I think it deserved every star I got because I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought the match itself. Yeah, let's, let's was, was preface. Was preference because <laughs> there are angles that happen after that I maybe don't yeah. love. Yeah. But the match itself. I thought was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, Um I, I think I have two major thoughts on the match, mm-hmm. right? And I texted you this while we were watching. I go, the explosion part hurt is is hindered because they're outside. Yeah. So you didn't get this massive smoky boom, like you didn't get the mm-hmm. you didn't get these explosions like radiating off of like yeah. the rafters and stuff, right? So I think it was harder to grasp like a full like oh man, like that was like mm-hmm. a big thing. You know what I mean? Um, going into it, right? I think mean, that was the first. Thing. I do think these guys put their bodies on the line though, because that stuff looked. They did that one where they did, they fell into that the triple layer thing, yeah. and I remember Moxie's like, "I don't know how to get up. Like, yeah. there's no way for me to get up. with this is not going to suck. Yeah. Like, the, you know, putting their body on the line the way they did, bringing a match that has never really been done in North America and putting it on center stage like that, I thought was awesome. Um, both guys worked really hard. I, the only thing I don't like about this match was the finish in the in the sense of you didn't need the Good Brothers out there. Mm-hmm. You didn't need any of that. You could have just had it. Because it's already an extreme type match where if, if, if Moxley gets pinned, it's not clean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He gets pinned yeah. by the women's angel. Everybody loses to that. So... I just didn't think that was the one thing they didn't need was that. Everything else was good. They just didn't need it. It was too much. Like yes. you've already beat the crap out of each other. Kenny's world champion. He wins. We're going home. Yeah. I agree. That was my only that was my only bitch if I had one. <laughs> the match itself was fantastic though. Yeah. Both it, guys do great work. Yeah, it
1: was it was a very solid match. So yeah. then actually so we're gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little yeah. before this match. So I forgot to add in between the uh, TNT title match and the tag Team Street Fight. Was the debut of Christian which oh, yeah. was a signee because <clears throat> it, it's not written on here, and I forgot to make notes for it. <laughs> so Christian did, and I thought about yep. it, and then I just yep. skipped over it. Yep. Uh, Christian was the signee, yep. um, and now he's he might enter into a program with Kenny Omega, yep. which is why it involves this main event because right. he, he's probably going to sure. go over with that. Yeah.
0: So I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, it, it's not a earth shattering. No signing. However, if you speak to anybody in the actual companies, they're like Christian's huge. Mm. From my in-ring perspective, from a talent development standpoint, which I think is why I think they were probably more excited than like fan. I like Christian a lot. I never think he's really gotten his due. Um but at the same time, when you're touting this to be like, "Oh my gosh, I have a huge signing." Now, granted, the people that they had on there that people respect, like, oh, it's gonna be Curt Angle. Go, oh, great, we got the corpse of Curt Angle running out there. Uh-huh. That really would not move the needle either, uh-huh. right? You had two people that were gonna move the needle. It was Brock Lesnar or CM Punk. Anybody uh-huh. else is a letdown. So, with that being said, I do appreciate the fact that it's somebody who can be an active competition, uh-huh. which it, Christian can, right? We saw that at the Rumble. He's back, right? Two can put over new stars, right? And three can be both a babyface and a heel. So those three things. I'm happy to see Christian getting a shot at it. It's mm-hmm. gonna be interesting. I know he's just gonna get fed to Kenny though, which is gonna kind of piss me off a little bit. but at the same time it, they were doomed basically yeah. from the get-go because when you when you tout it as a massive massive signing and then it's a 45 50 year old Christian, you're like, okay, cool, this is awesome, but like mm-hmm. it's not like it's not, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, not yeah, gonna it's not shake crazy. the world to the sneeze where you go oh my yeah. gosh Brock Lesnar's here yeah oh everything's everything's changed mm-hmm. It's not the case so. Yeah. it was okay. Yeah, it was fine. And then so then we'll we'll, we'll forward track. We're not yep.
1: backtracking anymore. We're forward <laughs> tracking down to the the main event uh, angle that we shoot. So we have, uh, uh who was it? Omega and the Good Brothers just beating yep. the crap out of so Moxley. So basically to set the stage, right. So basically for the last like three weeks on Dynamite, they were like, all right. So if this thirty minute timer hits. Yep. This whole entire place is just gonna absolutely erupt and yep. like. Daily's place is going to flip on its side, like in all the TV, cartoon TV shows where like the big place just like flips over and like lands on yeah. its side or whatever. It's going to be this gigantic explosion, blah, 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 blah. So Kenny is beating him up. The timer, the timer actually was cool because the timer went off, I think like 15 minutes in yeah. and you hear like a little like,
0: where, then like you heard like the siren, like, by the way, we're like halfway there, like it's going to be coming.
1: And I honestly thought it was just like. Like an NBA game, like yeah. transferring feet over or something. I was like, yeah. "What is this noise?" I thought, the, I thought, what or the are those was a gonna, debut yeah. too. I, I thought like, the win. I thought
0: the finish was going to be one of those things where like they explode in mid match or something. Like yeah. Moxa hits the DDT, one two, boom, and yeah. then everything explodes. And like and then they just go off air. and you're like, "By the way, they're all dead. Yeah, everyone's dead. No <laughs> one knows." But
1: so yeah, so then they were beating him up. The countdown's coming. They like can't cuff him, so he can't. Yeah. He basically just can't leave. Yeah, they beat the crap out of they him. They beat man. the crap out of him and dip. And then Eddie Kingston comes out and he's like, all right, I'm gonna to try to save you, Moxley." And I can't, I can't, I can't. And he undo goes, the "I can't, I can't undo the cuffs. I can't carry you out." There's like ten seconds left. Yeah. So he covers Moxley, and the explosion's about to happen, and like one firework goes off. Yeah, and then you hear pew pew pew. pew. <laughs> and and, you're and like, then, Aw. and then Eddie Kingston sells galore. Like he just yeah. died, even though like one firework went off. Yeah. And it was a very, I would say, anti angle.
0: That's to an it. understatement of the century. Um. Yeah. So that was fun. So here, here's my only... The, first off, I give him credit for trying it, right? Yeah. You're, you got to do something pretty damn good to, to deliver yeah. on that, right? And once again, I think being outside also really hurts. Like, yeah. Because of the fact that it just like went into the air. You're like, oh, oh great. Um, I will say this, though. I don't think the criticism is unjustified in this particular situation. Because I know for a fact if WWE would have done this exact same thing and would have delivered the exact same way we'd be crucifying them yeah. right now because you're going, what the hell? Like, typical WWE. Like, for as much crap as we gave them for burning the Fiend alive with that stupid dummy or like yeah. that, like that, it, it, it fell flat on its face. Yeah. Like, we have to call a spade a spade here. Um, I honestly think if, if you could go back in time, they would just be better suited to just put the barbed wire in. And, and because that is something, whether it's through the camera or... Or the or you know in the arena right where you can you can feel that right, right. where you go wow that sucks like you can yeah. see it you can like you can see the clothes being ripped off you can see the blood you can see all that stuff and you go wow like this is like this, they're really putting everything out and they did yeah. right so the explosion part of it, it just felt it, it almost comes back to me like it's just being unnecessary yeah. you know no, what I mean
1: I think I think to even not even further than that, but yeah. just, you should have gone back and never had the big explosion announced. Yeah, and what you should have did was I'm cool with having ring ropes and stuff, but like I don't care. You don't have to yeah. change anything that you did. Right. But what Kenny can do is Kenny can leave the ring yeah. and go and like have this like detonator like and then all almost the, being like, like a, a comedic thing and it, they get yeah. like ooh and then right. he like push the button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. even all or like it explodes. Then like you don't have to be like right. oh we're gonna explode the ring yeah. just like.
0: Hit the button, and yeah, have it. And, and it didn't help too that you have Eddie Kingston coming out there at his job and he did his job, right? Which yeah. I'm gonna sell this big yeah. exploit You know, I think they did an okay job of trying to explain it after the yeah. fact, you know, on AEW Dynamite, right? It I, and you know, I'm just I will say this though. If if WWE was in year one and this happened, right, I think it's a little bit of a mulligan, right? Because it's like, listen, they're trying new things, it's not gonna be perfect yeah. all the time, but you know, I do think that the criticism is is justified based on the fact that if the shoe was on the other, if NXT did this and that's how it delivered, everybody would be like, what the hell was yeah, that Yeah, the the, you know the difference
1: I mean? with W and you put like the yeah. nail on the head is right. that is just trying new things yeah. and like they're like alright it sure. just didn't work that time yeah. like the difference is like when like back in like 2019 when like Roms got DQ'd in the yeah. Hell in the Cell match like dumb, you've had man. like 25 Hell in the Cell matches yeah. where none of them have ever been DQ'd and now you're also right. just gonna dq someone for doing the same thing mm. that like like take or throw someone off the top of the cell it should be a dq <laughs> But that's not a DQ, or he throws him through the ring. Well, oh, it's and like, too violent. It's too yeah, violent. Right, right. Well, no, like mm-hmm. hitting guy with this little hammer is way too violent. Right. Like that kind of stuff doesn't make sense. Where mm-hmm. this is it's like the first time ever you're doing it, mm-hmm. so it's like you can get a little bit of a pass, but like you shouldn't like you hype this up. You don't really
0: you don't get a pass. Like, and the problem is too is that that's what you went off the air with yeah. too. And you have all the announcers are like whoa, and you're like dude, like yeah. it's, you lose the, the I think the number one thing wrestling fans hate more than anything is. You don't don't lie to us, yeah. right? Like don't don't go in and say that was amazing. Like that's the one of the thing I think that I think it's the reason why people don't like Michael Cole is because like there was an eight minute match and like or like even if it was a twenty five minute match. You go that was, that was fine and yeah. they are like that was one of the best WWE top matches we've ever had. I go all right, calm it down there, Chief. Like don't 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 insult my intelligence mm-hmm. by doing that. And I think AEW is in that situation where nobody could have predicted the, the the flatness of that to where you go, oh, shit. Because like, you know, like if we're being honest with ourselves, if, if Jim Ross would have went, well, that sucked, everybody would have been like, hey, at least they, fucking, they yeah. owned it, right? But you can't do that on pay-per-view. So I, the fact that they left it with that I think is rough. Um, but I will say this, though. This past Dynamite was really, 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 really good, and they really kind of made up for it a little bit, and they really did a nice job of just progressing through it. And, it, and admitting it and taking it on the chin, and it is what it is. So, you know, mm-hmm. you gave it a B minus, I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to give it a little bit better than that. Like I said, I had, this This show was either going to be really good or really bad for me, and I think they, they over-exceeded my expectations on mm-hmm. the whole for the show. Their highest-grossing show, by the way, too, made like $6 yeah. million. Dollars it's like months. the
1: highest-grossing pay-per-view since, like, 99 well non-wwe yeah non-wwe or something yeah non-wwe which they made like six million something yeah which is not bad
0: obviously they're gonna make money too considering the fact that you know like you don't have to pay to travel and all that stuff so they're saving money up the wazam right now too which helps but you know overall not bad let's head on fast lane here real quick before we touch lions um you know we've got like this big build up here with brian and all that good stuff um uh Do you expect anything to happen with the... the, Not just with that, but just in general. And the only reason why I'm asking this question before we shift our focus here is, you know, we've heard now rumors and reports that basically nothing is set in stone for WrestleMania. For the most part, right? We've got two matches announced, we're a month away, and we got nothing. Mm -hmm. Um are you expecting anything to happen next weekend at Fastlane? Like, anything at all? I think, I think if if, if nothing else, I just hope to God we get a good match between Brian and Reigns. Yeah. I'm not even holding my breath for that, but yeah. I can hope for it. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, I don't really anticipate, like, are you expecting anything major to happen in the coming weeks to make you go, oh, that's why we haven't, you know what I mean? Like, Bobby Lashley won the title's big news. Yeah, We talked about that last week, but um, we don't know anything that's going on with Musmania right now. Yeah. Like, um, nothing. You gonna have an idea Yeah But they haven't said it
1: Um Actually uh, No I don't think Anything's gonna happen At Fastlane With yeah. like any kind of
0: Relevance Relevance yeah. at all mm. There's just gonna
1: be A lot of Okay so we just, you, It's you a want, show to show. to show Because you want to show On Peacock Before Wrestlemania That's literally all it is so. It's probably
0: a test run It's probably exactly What it is It's yeah. like hey we're going to go half and half here. Let's see if people can get yeah, it. I'm going to test it on Peacock. Yeah. This is my test for WrestleMania. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's going to be interesting for sure. That's
1: literally the only reason they have it. It's like all right, so we're going to put like four matches on this show. Mm-hmm. Let's see if people can stream it on Peacock. How well does the stream work? Blah 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 blah. Right. What are the complaints? What are the complaints? Yeah. Let's try because if Mania doesn't go cream.
0: well, everyone's going to be like, dude, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to be bad. So that's literally all it is for me. Yeah. And
1: what they could have done is just moved the Elimination Chamber up two weeks, yeah. and then. Like made the move to peak. I can put elimination chamber on there. Yeah, fast lane is
0: really not needed. No. It's really not. I would but, rather have a six week build to WrestleMania. Yes. Than have this weird hodgepodge. Yes. thing.
1: As a it. As a kid, I never liked it because I was like, man, it's like eight months. I know, I'm like, my here. God, Jesus. But then, like life. now, I'm like, yeah, I definitely, I want to actually like be invested. Yeah, let's get a little
0: those. sizzle going here before yeah. we before we get to it for sure. All right, let's talk Lions here. We got a lot of stuff to go over here with the Detroit Lions. Um. You know, So let's go over through some of the some of the major names that are being released. right? So we've heard Chase Daniels in trade talks, right? They're trying to trade him. If they can flip him for a ham sandwich, I'd be like, Brad Holmes, greatest GM ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so he might be a cap casualty. Uh, we already know Desmond Trufant. He's gone. Trusting Coleman. He's gone. Jesse James. He gone. Um, I think those are the big ones right now. Oh, Christian Jones. He's gone. Basically a lot of people that we kind of already kind of pegged. Um, I'm, I think they are really taking the dead cap and They go, you know, screw it. We're just going to take it all now. So the next year when there's a $20 million salary cap projected increase, um, they'll be ready. They're still going to sign some fringe free agent. They signed Josh Hill, former Saints tight end, right? Got some ties there. Tyra Williams, his contract actually looks very easy and manageable um, with the actual numbers coming out. Uh, but Mike, what is your blueprint for them? I think more cuts are coming. Quite frankly, still, I think Danny Shelton and Nick Williams are probably both going to get cut at bare minimum. I think that there's probably some other people that... Joe Dahl might be one. Chase Daniel might be one. There's quite a few guys that I could foresee still maybe yeah. getting released. Um, what, what I mean, what is your blueprint for them? What, what posi- is there a position group you want them to attack? Is there, a sp- is there a guy that you're like, okay, if they don't do nothing else, like they need to get this guy. Like I know John Johnson, the safety from the Rams. Okay. Is there ones like, oh, you can get him. And I'm like... I mean, yeah, you could, but, like, is safety necessarily your number one? I mean, Will Harris is terrible. Dronron yeah. is not there. But, like, is that your number one need? Well, knowing that Brad yeah. Holmes just said that the safety class is deep and you could Great. probably take one in round three? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, is there is there a position group that you think they should be focusing on that maybe can eliminate that temporarily from, the, from your draft projections, especially in the first round yeah. at least?
1: Uh, I mean – just about anywhere. I I anywhere but the safety position because I do agree. I think the safety class is deep. Mm-hmm. Honestly, uh, if you if I were to say that the Lions made one big splash signing, yeah, that and this guy just got cut, yeah. Casey Hayward. I was, just the about
0: to say, I was just about to say that. I was going. I think Casey Hayward would be pretty great. Yeah,
1: I think <laughs> I, as I saw him get released, I was like, if he got, if he came here, that yeah. would be a massive upgrade. I
0: think the problem with that is, and I thought about this too, is that I think they really just gonna well, they want to see if Okuda and Awarie yeah, be their obviously, studs yeah, obviously, obviously right was, but I, I I'm like I'm wouldn't saying, hate it it
1: won't happen it's like when we talk about every year it's like, oh this guy would be great like a Bosa yeah. brother it mm-hmm. would be great if we got him but yeah. he's probably not like Casey Hayward won't probably come here no. I'm just saying that like if we had one huge splash like oh $12 million a year, mm-hmm. whatever, signing, yeah, right. big boy signing, whatever you're going to talk about. Um, he would be the one guy that just got cut. That was like, man, he would be a great, awesome to have. You know, but,
0: here's, the, here's the thing with where the Lions are at cap-wise, right? Like the salary cap is a bit of a biff. You know what I mean? You, teams can make things work, right? They There's so many loopholes and restructures and converting to signing bonuses and voidable years and all that good stuff that, that you can really break into it. I do think that this is going to be bridge-gap players. And what I mean by that is that I don't expect any long-term contract. If it no. is, it's one guy. Like, it's one very targeted individual where they go. And that's why I think a lot of people are on the John Johnson thing where they're like, okay, it's a five-year deal, $37 million. Okay, he's your starting safety with, you're assuming, Tracy Walker. Yeah. I'm assuming, right? right. And you're rolling with it, right? Um So I I, I get where that's coming from. I I definitely think people are looking back and I'm kinda gonna like compare it to like the Martin Mayhew style of free agency where it's like, all right, we're gonna we don't have a ton of room, but we're gonna go sign Reggie Bush and Glover Quinn. Like those are the primary targets for our free agency period, right? Like Mm. we've got these guys circled, these are the guys, and then we're gonna fill it in from there, right? We're gonna go sign Golden Tate. That is the big move that we're gonna make this offseason, right? It's Golden Tate is coming to Detroit, right? Um, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is coming here. I know that's about Quincy, but my point is this, is that I don't necessarily know if you're going to see big money deals handed out by almost anybody. It, you know, a good chunk of the league doesn't have a ton of caps. You've got five or six teams that are over capped so The Saints have cut half their roster, and they're still $15 million over the cap. The Rams are $30 million over the cap right now. It's insane. So, um I don't expect the Lions to be swimming in, in with big fish. I just don't, right? I don't think, and, and, and that goes to the Kenny Galladay thing, which I want to hit on here in a minute. But um, if there's a position group that I think that they should be definitely looking at, I think it's twofold. I think number one, it's, um, it's, it's wide receiver. I do think that there's at least one, if not two more additions to be made there um, I like a guy like Sammy Watkins, um, you know, who I think can come in on a or $5 million deal and, and come in and be your quote-unquote wide receiver one, depending on what you want to do in the draft. Um, I think they're done at tight end. Um, I think they should be done at running back. I think Carryon Johnson is a solid number two option behind DeAndre Swift. If they maybe want to sign somebody like Carlos Hyde, who's just another body, I guess I get it. Cornerback um, is definitely going to be one they need to look at. So if Casey Hayward came in, I'd be over the moon, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's necessarily where, where, where they're swimming. And obviously linebacker is still a mm-hmm. very pressing need for them as well, as well as, you know, another edge rusher. So maybe this is the offseason where they go heavy defense because the offensive depth is there. I don't really know. It's really going to depend on what, you know, what their process is. And we're going to find out pretty quickly. But I don't expect any massive contracts to be signed by the Detroit Lions this offseason. Next year, I think it's going to be a little bit more unhinged. But this year, I definitely don't think that that is going to be the move. I think they're going to try a lot of bridge players just to get them through the year and hope that we can kind of start building this team through the draft, I think, is the ultimate goal. Um, The other big news, I I guess, coming out of the Lions camp, though, is that they did not apply the franchise tag to either Romeo Aquara, which was highly unlikely, um, or Kenny Galladay, which I think a lot of people were in favor of. Um, but I think looking at it financially, I think they were like, uh boy, I don't know if you can do a tag-and-trade. I don't necessarily know if they nec- were going to want to pay him $18, $19 million a year, which apparently is what he turned down last year from the previous regime, which I thought was quite surprising. Um, give me your thoughts on Galladay more than likely not being a lion anymore. I mean, it sucks, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think long-term... I don't necessarily know if it's the worst move in the world. Short-term, no. it's going to suck. But...
1: Yeah, short-term it will suck. Long-term, it'll be perfectly fine. We're going to get a... Um, a
0: third-round compensatory, compensatory round If he so. signs a big... Which I'm assuming he will. Yeah, right? he's going to sign a pretty big deal,
1: probably. So yeah. we'll probably get a compensatory third-round pick for him. I think, knows, I think Colts
0: him. are the perfect destination for him.
1: Yeah. Um, my only problem with him was he was super slow and couldn't separate. So it doesn't really... I think he's a nice like. I think he's always a piece that someone would need. Yeah. Like you should have two like fast. I always thought you should have two fast guys and one like go get him kind of a physical physical go get him yeah. receiver. Yeah. And he was always that one. The problem with the Lions is they had like three like go get him receivers and mm-hmm. not like a no speedster. Speed. No speed. So, yeah. Um, he would have been nice if you had anyone like a Sammy Watkins or you drafted like a Devontae Smith or something, yeah. he'd be a nice like a right. combination Smith picking the that. top
0: over the top and then you've got everything in the middle. And everything right. in the middle is
1: all Kenny Galladay's. Yeah. But um, I think with TJ Hawkinson and stuff, I think you have that go-getter yeah. player in a tight end. Mm-hmm. So I think you can kind of spread around with speed. You can kind of pull it God, it's going to be weird to say, like a Kansas City style where you just want speed around. And then you have your tight end that's like, I can go 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 run eight yards, turn around, and and you throw me the ball kind of thing. That's kind of where I think they're going to head to because they have Hawkinson as a really solid tight end. If you don't have that tight end play, you've got to get more speed at wide receiver and stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, well, clearly that's what you're seeing, right? Like, Tyrell Williams, he runs a 4-4. Yeah, like Tyrell that's, Williams that's, is That's, fast. that's, that's speed, the right?
1: The guy, everyone in the draft, like Devontae Smith, Tooney. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. They're Jamar all fast Chase, guys. They're all fast guys, and, yeah. and that's probably someone that the Lions might take in first or second round anyway. Yeah. So, all those guys will help improve that wide receiver course. So I'm not shocked that Kenny didn't resign. I said that he'd probably get a uh, franchise and trade anyway. Yeah. Like I thought he'd get franchise sure. and trade.
0: So the problem with the franchise and trade is it's like, okay, you have to, you're like, you're like okay, we're going to franchise him. Now we got $18 million allocated to this guy. Yeah, we got and million. now nobody wants to take him, exactly. right? Like, so you're, you're like, oh, like, like, I mean, yeah, we have Kenny. That's yeah. great. But now we have no financial flexibility. Yeah, the, the last level. thing I
1: thought would happen was to sign him to a long-term deal or something. I, not yeah.
0: it I, I think it's, Difficult to do, right? And honestly, though, you know, the other thing I think that plays into it, and I'm kind of surprised he turned. I I understand maybe why he turned down the money, maybe because he's like, this regime sucks, so maybe I don't want to play for Patricia and all this stuff anymore. But, like, at the same time, like, how much more money does he think he's going to get? If you turned down $18 million a year, I mean, you didn't play last year for a good chunk of it, right? You've been hurt. You haven't been healthy at any of your full seasons, quite frankly. So you've been in and out of the lineup. Um, I don't necessarily know how comfortable I'd feel handing you $20 million and yeah. make you paid like the top five of the receiving core when DeAndre Hopkins hasn't missed a snap in three. You know what I mean? Like some of these players are like, they're just there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, nothing against Kenny Galladay necessarily, but just it's a little bit, you know, I was like, I don't know where his head is at. But as long as he doesn't go to a division rival, I wish him the best. But um, so interesting enough, you know, I do think this though. Whatever will what the Lions do? I think you're going to see two common threads here. Number one, they're going to be faster, and two, they're going to be more athletic. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be less about scheme; it's just going to be more about we're going to take, we're going to sign people that are going to fit the culture fit. I think this is if if I can reckon this, like like in this free agency period to what I think is going to wind up happening, it is the Nate Burleson, Kyle Van Bosch year when the when Jim Schwartz got hired. Right, you're coming off a really bad year. You know, Stafford's a rookie, right, so you don't really know what you got. You're going to bring in veteran leadership, guys who have done it at a high level at the time. Maybe they're not super—they're not going to be top five in their position anymore. However, they are going to be integral pieces. They're going to eat up snaps. They're going to be bridge starters. But if nothing else, they're going to be leaders. And they're going to be leaders, and they're going to build the culture the way Dan Campbell wants to build it. Um, And I think that is—if I can— predict anything if you want because when vandenbosch and burleson signed here people were really excited right like those were some names but they weren't huge names right but you understood what the process was going to be and two years later you were 10 and six so that's i think kind of the blueprint if i can if i can reference an older lions season that's where i would liken it to Uh so that's kind of where i'm at with it um let's talk draft though here let's let's jump into our first mock draft of the year um you know, as Mike is getting prepped here, we, you know, we have a little bit of, you know, this is one of the few years that I think legitimately, I know we talk we talk about this every year, we're like, all oh, lines can trade down, but I do think this is a definite year with the strength of the quarterback position going into this draft, mm-hmm. and with well, the teams that are in the top 10 that could definitely be a trade partner for the Lions if they're out on quarterback. So um, there's a lot of different scenarios that the Lions can go down. Can they take a quarterback? Potentially. I don't foresee them trading up for a quarterback. Do you, Mike? I don't think nope. that's really in the cards. Um, maybe if they didn't have Jared Goff. Maybe. But because they have Goff here, I don't think that's in the cards. However, if a quarterback falls to them at 7, say a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance... I think it's going to be very difficult for them to to trade out of, or not trade out of that, but to pass on that if they think that guy can be the guy, right? Um, thoughts, Mike, on taking a quarterback at seven. Let's just say there's no trade but They have to pick at seven. And let's say one of those guys, take your pick, either one, Trey Lance or just. I don't think they'll both be there. I think there's a small possibility that one could be there. I think there's a good possibility also that we have four picks go quarterback. Yeah. Or five picks go quarterback, whatever, however you want to do. Some mm-hmm. trades happen, somebody mm-hmm. trades up, and four quarterbacks are gone in the first five picks.
1: Yeah, um, I've, uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I've said it now. I'm yep. gonna say it literally up until the draft, and if the draft happens like this, I'm gonna be very frustrated. Um, <laughs> I'm not listening. You're anymore. not listening. Um, so Trevor Lawrence is already off the board. He's the top quarterback. We don't even talk about him. Yeah. Um, so you have four quarterbacks. That's like high, pretty highly rated. That yep. you could you could obviously draft or whatever. Yep. If you're gonna rate those quarterbacks in two through five, say you do like Wilson, Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, however you want to in- intermingle that. Yep. If you if those first two are taken, now we won't know right. if they're taken off the board. Trey Lance could be their favorite quarterback and right. then whatever. Yeah, but if those top two are taken off your board, you do never take a quarterback there. You don't take your fourth best quarterback. Ever. On your board. On your board. Yeah. Now, if it's your bet, like Trey Lance is number one on your board, and he's there, knowing seven, that Wilson
0: or is that, uh, Lawrence is gone, that Lawrence is gone,
1: knowing that Lawrence is gone, right, and that and Trey Lance is like your number two quarterback on your board or whatever, yeah. and he's there, take him, fine, whatever. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think he is. But in in the event that he is, <laughs> I think he could be their
0: third. I do think he, he can be their third, and I yeah. still disagree with it because I think yeah. you should
1: always take, especially in a weaker defensive class, and you need defensive pieces. I always think that you should take a better defensive player. Yeah. Then I always I always stick with that even last year even though people were like oh you should take Herbert Tua whatever yeah. I am like, all right take your best defense available because yeah. you have a guy you have Jericho playing right now so mm-hmm. I always say take your best defensive player try to build that defense up a little bit and yeah. then roll yeah. with what you got
0: yeah I think and here's the I think the big key right because we were both definitely on the Okuda train last year I yeah. think you know. And I, I did, still, I did want Herbert. But well, I mean, I, we're, we're not, not going to pick Herbert, so right? I had exactly. The, so the, you know, and you can make the argument: oh, they should have taken two. They should have taken Herbert, of course. Well, looking back on it, well, no shit, they should have taken Herbert. Let, you know, so should have Miami, if we're being honest, right? Because they they not they don't they, they don't even like Tua anymore, and he played right. six games. So, um, but with that being said, right, I think this year compared to last year, last year it's like okay, you were in a win now mode. Stafford was coming off his best half of a season he's ever had: nineteen touchdowns, four interceptions five interceptions he was playing crazy good before he got hurt right um you know so you take a corner you lose Darius Slay to fill that need right you're there best corner to come out of the draft in a long time since probably Ramsey you know you know prospect wise whatever um but the the difference this year is that I think it's going to legitimately be best player available I think where Mike and Mike's not going to like this but if Trey Lance is their guy Right, or if they really like Trey Lance and they were at his pro day, you know, talk to that, whatever what you will, right? Um, But if Trey Lance is there and say Micah Parsons is also there and they have the exact same grade on both guys, Mm -hmm. okay, I think quarterback wins out in that particular scenario, right? So I think that, and I think this is one of the few times where the Lions have legitimate options at seven where I think you could address a need, and I don't think anybody's going to bat an eye. If they take a quarterback at seven, whether it's Fields or um, Trey Lance, I don't think necessarily anyone's going to go, that was a bad pick, because you understand that he's going to sit. He's not going to be forced into action right away while you put a team around the kid and let Goff go through the growing pains, right? Um, The other side of that coin is, okay, you're going to take a guy, you're not going to see him play, right? Which obviously means you're not going to get any better, right? If you take the defensive player in Micah Parsons, who I I think we're both in agreement is the best defensive prospect in this draft. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't see an edge rusher out there right now. Even that Rousseau guy from Miami, I think is what he like. I don't see him as a better overall prospect than Micah Parsons. I think if, if we're looking at top defensive players, he's my number one guy. So say he's there at seven. Do you take the best defensive player there? I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, and you fill a glaring hole at linebacker, you immediately get he's immediately your best linebacker, and he's never played snap. Mm-hmm. Um, or three, I think the other one is wide receiver, it's, you know, maybe not at seven. If, if that's, I think the wide receiver thing is definitely if the, it's a trade down possibility. Um, whether they like Devontae Smith, who I don't necessarily know is the best guy based off of his size and some of the other stuff, I know he, people can crease all they want, but like, I get it, but at the same time. Even Tyree Kill's got some meat to him, and he's a 4-2 guy. You know what I mean? Is Devontae Smith faster than everybody else out on the field? I don't know. You know, Jamar Chase is there, he's a freak. Jalen Waddell, I think, is I think is gonna wind up being the best out of the three, in my personal opinion. I know he doesn't maybe get talked about as much, but whatever. And I think there's also a little bit of maybe offensive line, maybe as a stretch, just depending on what they want to do. I don't agree with that take, but I think you could. So, there's a lot of options here for the Lions, is what I'm saying, basically. So, I think there's a lot of different avenues you can go down. Not any of them are necessarily the right or wrong way. You're not going to know that until two years down the road. Um, But I'm just going to prepare people now. If they don't take a quarterback, you can't crucify Mm them, okay? Especially if they trade down. Like, the best case scenario for the Lions is two quarterbacks are left on the board. Wilson and Lance. Or not not Wilson. Fields, sorry. If Fields and Lance are available at 7, mm-hmm. you're giddy. Because someone's going to want to try to trade up in front of Carolina, unless Carolina somehow swings the deal for Deshaun Watson, which I don't think is possible. So it's like, if that's the case, you're, you're ecstatic. Because if you have New England, or San Francisco, or maybe another team that just wants to trade up for, I don't know, name a team, right? Whoever, you know. Or even Carolina just wants to swap set just to make sure they get their guy. Whatever you're going to be thrilled because you're getting more darts at the dartboard, okay? Um, That's the dream scenario. Do I think it's going to happen? No. If a quarterback's not there at all, then I think it's Micah Parsons or the best offensive player, whoever you want, right? What are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts before we go to this mock draft?
1: Uh, Kyle Pitts is great. Um... But he's because a, he's
0: not... I mean, people are like, he's a tight end, but he's not really a tight end. No, like, he's he, a receiver. He's like a flex Definitely guy. could have fooled me that he was a tight end. I yeah. remember watching Florida games, and I go, who the hell is this dude? And they're like, oh, he's their tight end. I go, he's their tight end? Yeah. It was insane.
1: Yeah, no, he's a he's a flex wide receiver, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my problem is that if the Lions would ever think about picking him, he, they would try to use him as a wide receiver one, and it would work. Yeah. But he's he's very solid. Well, especially when you have
0: Hawkins, too. It's like, man, how I many? I mean... It'd be great to have two great tight ends, but, like... You yeah. have to pay Hawkinson. You yeah. have to pay Hawkinson. Like yeah. he's 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 already becoming a he's, he's, he's probably a, your best yeah, player. Exactly. Time, yeah, he's a top eight, def- probably a top eight uh, player right now mm-hmm. for you. Yeah.
1: So all right. So let's pop into this little cute little mock drafts I pulled up here. Okay.
0: Uh, oh, from... just in case you care, the Texans have traded Pro Bowl linebacker Benedict McKinney to the Dolphins for Shaq Lawson and a swap of late round picks. Uh, just in case anybody cares. Oh, I like Shaq Lawson
1: was really good for Miami so mm-hmm. and that sucks um, so we got a pro football network 2021 NFL mock draft made 13 hours ago so mm, it's about go. as, as date as, as, as I can get for you um, it's a four rounder but we'll only go through the first round yeah yeah we don't yeah it's, it's, there's, a lot, until here. A, there's frame, a lot
0: until frequency happens to like it, these all could change and I like being able to see both sides of it right yeah. where the thought was before and then after
1: Yep. So number one, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars is already locked in. At Take Trevor, Lawrence. Zach Wilson. <laughs>
0: yeah. Can you, yeah, you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh I would, my gosh. I would
1: literally throw a TV out my window. One of my oh, stadiums. I wouldn't.
0: I'd be like, okay, who's at two? Okay, the Jets are at two. All right. So we've got. We can only trade up to three, first round, three years of first-round picks. So if we take this pick, next year's two picks. And the year after that's two <laughs> year, picks. Just get go get Jets. this
1: dude. Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely would in a heartbeat, wouldn't even think about it <laughs> oh twice. But no, Jacksonville Jaguars would Trevor Lawrence number one. Urban Meyer's like, oh, God, thank God. Yeah. Okay,
0: perfect. Just got to
1: not screw him up. Right? Yeah, just don't screw up You know, the best prospect in like 10 years. So yeah. It's perfectly fine. So it's probably All Andrew right. Luck, honestly. That's what I mean. And yeah. then since then, probably like John Elway. So Jeez. it's like a big jump there. Yeah. Um. So number two, New York Jets will pick um, Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State. Wait, who's um, Who's this? The Jets. New York, Yeah, New York yeah, Jets. Yeah, Justin
0: Fields. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, I haven't seen him in a lot of mock drafts yeah. with Fields going number two. Yeah. Atlanta's got to be giddy then.
1: Yeah. So they have Sam Darnold. They trade with Sam Darnold for getting a couple picks or something, uh-huh. and so they pick a quarterback to replace him, and that's the quarterback they like most.
0: Alrighty then.
1: Cool. Uh number three, Miami Dolphins will pick Jalen Waddle, wide receiver out of Alabama. Right. Uh, they I love, him, they I love his him speed, down. and um they I think know. he's probably the best receiver. I know
0: Jamar Chase is probably the quote unquote the number one wide receiver in this class, but I think Waddle is going to wind up being the best NFL player. Yeah. I just think he's got a bit of it more skill set. Not saying yeah. anybody, I think all three could be great. Him and De- I think Devontae Smith could find a great niche as being the Deshaun Jackson type guy. But yeah. every Deshaun Jackson needs they're Jeremy Macklin intermediate guy. Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, so while,
1: he says the comparison is like the Henry Ruggs right now, where he's just going to be like a incredible yeah. speedster and yeah. make good catches. Uh, so Atlanta Falcons at number four will is so giddy, and oh they get gosh. they get their big boy Zach Wilson quarterback out of BYU
0: because they were like, oh, you took Justin Fields, all right, we'll take. This we'll is the like best Jackson. possible scenario ever. Yeah, yeah. If, if, imagine being a Falcon fan though, being like, damn it, we're so close, but mm-hmm. cause I don't, I don't think that happens. I think the Jets, if, if they stick I don't necessarily. I think I don't know if they're going to trade Donald or not. But if the Jets are picking there and they're saying quarterback, I don't know how you can pick Fields over. Yeah, Wilson. I, I, know, really I know. I don't. Phil Sims is not big high on Zach Wilson, but I I personally think. You know, I think Zach
1: Wilson's great. So yeah. um so yeah so Atlanta Falcons are just giddy up beyond mm-hmm. galore. Yep. uh Number five, Cincinnati Bengals would pick Panesuol well off they of are the out of so Oregon, real and, they and they are just five. so
0: pumped. Oh my gosh! Secure that whole other side of the line. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, Good they're for them. just yeah. Joe Burrow's like, thank God. Yeah, Joe
1: Burrow's like, oh, I have more than like half a second to throw a football to someone. All right, cool. Now we just need some weapons. Yep. Got T. Higgins and a whole
0: bunch of garbage. We need more. We need more. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles. You know who would be really good for them? It's Golden Tate. A nice safety blanket. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'd be great for them. For a number two? Mm -hmm.
1: Cool. Philadelphia Eagles will pick. Jamar Chase from LSU. Okay. Um, I thought. I mean, I think Kyle Pitts is like the easiest pick there ever. Yeah, but they're
0: trying to get rid of Ertz. Um, I know Goddard's still there, but to kind of be that flex position. Yeah, guy to be like for a flex them, guy. Especially because Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey I think are both gone. Yeah. That maybe that's why they go more specifically Probably. a wide receiver, wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but who, Jalen Hurts being there, he's gonna need some sort of safety blanket. People, yeah. they need a lot, dude. That Eagles team's gonna be bad this yes. year. They're gonna be very bad. Yeah, so Jamar Chase. I feel bad there. for Jalen Hurts because I actually like him as a prospect, but it's just not going to be yeah. well. So
1: at number seven, Detroit Lions will be picking. They have a plethora of options. Okay, yeah. So let's, with...
0: so let's see. They got Trey Lance on the board. Kyle Pitts is on the board. Um, Devontae Smith's on the board. Mike Parsons on the board. Quiddie Pays on the board. Like I know, yeah. I know that I know he's been mocked in some really early yes. mock drafts. Which is gross. Mm-hmm. But um, who's the pick, Mike? Well, the pick turns out to be they trade. Nope. Oh.
1: There's no trade. <laughs> on uh, wide receiver. Devonte Smith wow. would be their pick. Don't hate it. Um, I think I'd be like... I, this would, so, I'd this be neutral. I'd be yeah, very exactly. neutral. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, like, all right. Like, Michael Parsons, I'd be like, sweet, awesome. Right. And then, like, if they pick, like, Trey Lance, because I don't think it's high on their board, I'd be like, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah. Devontae Smith, you'll be a solid slot. Like, it's see. like, it's one of your, like, you go,
0: okay. Okay.
1: Like, that's like when they picked Okuda last year and it was just because like Okuda will give you like an A grade for yeah. the first round like I feel like Devontae Smith's like you're going to get a B plus grade yeah like, the,
0: he was the best wide receiver in college last year Heisman Trophy like you get every accolade possible to be like this is a good pick but at the same time you're like but does he transfer over to yeah. the NFL that's my only thing it's like does he because if he does yeah, it's great. like it's great right but if he's just average you go oh shit yeah. you know what I mean and then so at number 8 Carolina this, honestly though let me just say this though before we move on um if if that's the way the board looks, I definitely think they're on the phone. Oh trying yeah. Trying to call somebody go. does anybody want 7? Anybody mm-hmm. want 7? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um like that there's a mock out there that was a few weeks ago where like San Francisco trades up from 12 and they get their first round pick next year, that'd be mm-hmm. a dream. Yeah. But I don't think it's gonna happen. But. Yeah. Uh, so at number 8 Carolina Panthers will take Trey Lance. Yep. Um
1: Because he's been mocked there. If the Lions don't take Trey Lance, like that's like the for sure spot that he's basically going to go. That's why I'm
0: really hoping a second quarterback is there. Like that's why, like if Fields falls a little bit to you know six or seven, you're like, oh please, somebody trade up. Uh, Okay, so
1: now we're gonna spurt through some of these bigger names. So Dallas Cowboys at number ten pick uh, Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. He's like the best corner. They need help defensively.
0: Kind of they need a ton of help defensively.
1: Uh, same or uh, the New York Giants pick Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida, at eleven. I think yeah. that's a great pick. Well, for them. Evan place.
0: Ingram not being is a free agent technically right now too, so that's that's part of it. Um, yeah, I think they need just weapons to yeah. help Danny Dimes. I, I'm not. Here's the thing though. That's another team though. They bring up the Giants. What do they do with Daniel Jones? Do they like Daniel Jones? Because if they don't, then you're basically admitting we messed up two years ago. So I I mean, the Cardinals went back to back quarterback in Mm -hmm. both both years. So I don't know.
1: L. A. Chargers at number thirteen pick Rashawn Slater, uh, tackle or guard or whatever. That's and and that is their dream pick. Yeah, they're like. Because Slater is either the second. Some yeah, people he's have even better yeah, yeah. than Penesual Yep. and uh some boards or whatever. And they're just like, oh, we got a top two offensive That's line. the guy, like, too. Perfect.
0: Well, that's the guy that I think that if you're at seven in the Lions, right, you know, I know it's a bit of a quote-unquote luxury, but, okay, now he's your right tackle. Now you've got both sides solidified. Yeah, It's not a hard – it's not a super far reach. You know what I mean? Like when they took Ragnow, nobody was thinking they were going to go center. Yeah. Right? But now he's the best center in football. You're mm-hmm. like, ugh. You know, not shocking. Not not, not at all. So at number
1: seventeen, the Las Vegas Raiders will pick Michael Parsons. Penn State. He falls to seventeen.
0: Wow, that's a th- wow! I'm that's sure Mike Mayock is doing backflips. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, but I know here's the thing. I think that's honestly a common trend. I think if the Lions don't take them, there's a bit of a lull. I think offensively, this draft is stacked. Offensively, defensively, it is not the best. There's not a bunch of big pass rushers in this yeah. year's draft. Cornerback is not super great either. Uh, linebacker play is super shallow. There's a there's not a lot to it. You know, I think safety. I think I guess corner and safety are probably the two deepest positions, mm-hmm. but I do think there's not, like, a couple guys you go, oh, yeah, top 12 picks. Yeah. So it's a bit. Okay. All right. So
1: we'll do two or three more here. So yeah.
0: ja- uh, New York Jets
1: pick uh, Travis Etienne, running back out of Clemson. He's the second that's a great back. That's a great pick yeah. for that honestly. Miami stuff. earlier takes Najee Harris, but he, he's oh, the yeah. second running back taken off the board.
0: Najee Harris is very good. I like Najee Harris yep. a lot. Uh,
1: as Michigan fans here, Jacksonville Jaguars pick Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle. Okay. So Jacksonville basically gets their quarterback and a, a, a offensive tackle to yeah. kind of help shore up the line a little bit, and then uh, I have two more here. Yeah, Green Bay Packers pick Patrick Sertain the second quarterback out of yeah. Alabama, so yeah. they get that defensive back help to help because they lost Kenny King. Kenny King. King, yeah, uh, for
0: sure. I, honestly, though, they might be in the realm of possibly taking a running back. I know they have who was the guy they took last year, uh, AJ Dillon, yeah. right? Um, and they maybe they'll just roll with him, but. I, I mean, you mean to tell me right now if, if the draft falls a little bit differently and Najee Harris is there mm-hmm. that late? I mean, personally, I still think they need to draft a wide receiver, but I don't know if you, like, at that point, you're 3-4 in. I don't know if you justify that pick, yeah. but just a thought. And at
1: number 32, another Michigan guy goes, Tampa Bay Buccaneers take quiddy Wow, that is, a, that is a – And an that just up that he's a dominant defensive Good
0: Lord. Um, I think they could also go corner as well. Um I think a guy too, especially in the second, third round for the Lions is like Sean Wade from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I think that's somebody to take it, keep an eye on. I know he kind of got beat up a little bit in the national championship game by Devontae Smith, but um, to be to to be the guy though, like I'm I'm saying though, like th- second, third round where you're still the best corner on a very good defense, yeah. you know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. Um, but Devontae Smith, all right, chalk went up to Devontae, Devontae Smith. Smith. Going seven to your Detroit Lions. It's gonna be interesting for sure, but I'm so excited for the draft. Every year I get more every day I get a little more giddy. How far away is the draft? Do we know? Do we know how many days is away the draft? Is? Forty something. Let's see. Like 46 NFL or something. Draft date. Let's see. Thursday, April 29th. Man, it's the end of April this year. Dang, that sucks. All right. That's gonna be it though, This for this week's for this week's episode of the I'm always right sports podcast. Next week, obviously. Uh, we'll probably have another mock draft for you. Free agency will be in full effect. So obviously we're going to be talking about that. The Lions do make any splash moves, any trades, um, just along with big signings around the league. Um, but yeah, obviously NFL next week is definitely going to dominate a lot of our thoughts, as well as March Madness, obviously. Oh, as well, yeah. So.
1: And possibly, not 100%, hmm. possibly there could be a quick hitter that comes out predicting yeah. the March Madness yeah. bracket once it comes out. As you'll hear this on Monday, yeah. it'll come out the night before. Yeah. So maybe yeah. we'll be talking some March Madness through yeah. the week at I, point.
0: I agree with you on that as well. Maybe do a quick little preview bracket yeah. there. We'll kind of Me, predict. Hopefully, our hopefully I can pull. Champion. I
1: can pull Kyle out of his studies for one day. Out of his studies. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna put that in air quotes. And studies. <laughs> uh, out right of his studies points. to help us predict how Michigan is gonna win the national championship somehow yeah, this year. Without uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Livers. No. Yeah.
0: Hopefully like it's one of those things where it's like it's kinda like when can he come back? Yeah. It's like indefinite. So like maybe they make it to the Eight. Eighty he goes, ah screw it. Yeah, just go. Play. I yeah. don't know. So let's hope they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, that's gonna be it for this week's episode though, guys. On behalf of the missing whale man, he's the Merk's Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan Robin Deica and we will see you guys as always
1: next time.